Hey everyone, this is Trauma Drama, and we are your hosts, Kaylee and Nick, and this is where we discuss surviving adulthood. We can probably agree that we're all pretty fucked up and that it affects us every day, whether we know it or not. I used to think that wasn't me, but if you come from a family, live in our society, go to school, experience love, sex, and friendships, then you're in the right place. Kay and I are going to break down everyday life and problems that come from managing your drama post-trauma. Let's fucking do it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Trauma Drama. This is Kaylee, and that is Nick, and we're so excited to have you back. We have a really deep, really reflective sort of episode today, so I'm pretty excited. Yeah, it's going to be intense. (laughs) Um, On today's episode of Trauma Drama, we are starting off with a trauma or drama. Uh, Love that that segment. Um, Our topic for the day is therapy styles, so we're going to break it up for you so it's a little bit easier to follow along because there's a lot to it. Uh Uh-huh. Um, we're also adding a solution segment within that segment. Um, and then a surprise topic at the end written in for one of our listeners. Yay! So let's get started. I'm excited. Take it away, Nick. Uh, okay. So I'm bringing in a personal trauma or drama because um, we didn't really have any more. Mm. And uh, our lives are full of them. So. <laughs> um, mine, again, is with my mother. Holy uh, shit. What a surprise. shocker. Big Woo! surprise. Yeah. So... The situation I'm in, and I have to actually reach out to my counselor and figure out what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of this is fun. This is I'm list, I'm looking for advice. Everybody, mm. please let me know what you think. So my mom texts me last minute, needs a ride to her surgery. Um, it's for teeth. It's not like a major surgery okay. or anything, but it's just like it's not gonna be quick. Yeah. Um, it's 50 minutes away. Um, it has to happen in the morning, and then I have to wait for the surgery to be done and take her home. So who knows how long that's gonna be. Again, this was texted to me the night before I was supposed to do it. Jeez. So let's say I have time to do it. I can do it. I'm not doing anything in the morning. But I, there's nothing I want to do less <laughs> than do that. So That's true. My, yeah, my thing was like, hey, mom, I can take you one way, but I can't wait for you. I can come pick you up if you mm. want me to, you know. And she's like, well, how am I supposed to get there? How am I? What am I? It's like looking for me to tell her, uh, okay, Uber. Uh, see if someone else can take you one way. Like, that's not, I don't feel like that's my responsibility, right? No, not at all. Like you set, a, well, first, like you set a boundary and you said like, mm-hmm. this is, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to still do something even though I don't want to yeah. do it. And if she can't respect that boundary thereafter. Like I, uh, yeah, I can help you. Yeah. Like I'll be nice and help you. But here's what I'm willing to do. You got to figure out the rest. And you, okay. you've already had a lot of traumatic situations around being in the car with your mom. Hence, exactly. your airport driving. No, yeah, that was the next. If she mm-hmm. was going to say, yes, please pick me up at this time. Or yes, pick me up and take me there. Yep. I'd be like, okay, we have to wake up 15 minutes yep. early because you've got to call me and let me know you're awake. Yep. So it's a fucking. <laughs> so anyways, she she didn't want to she couldn't get anybody else to drive and she couldn't afford an uber okay so i offered to pay the uber for her because yeah my time is unfortunately more valuable to me than an uber drive um it was gonna be like a 75 dollar uber drive 50 minute you know 50 minute drive so expensive and she's like i can't afford to pay you back and i was like just pay me back whenever so like i didn't really care okay so i guess my question is if it was a normal mother and son situation would I have been like, yes, mom, I'll pick you up and I'll wait there for three hours until you're done and I'll take you home. 
And am I making my decision based off the traumatic experiences we've had in the past? And I'm like, mm. no, mom, like I can't do that. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm really not sure. So I have to right. talk to my counselor and figure out because I also I don't want me offering to pay for an Uber to be like, I'm not always gonna be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So hey, maybe, hey, mom, can you start to have a little bit of savings yeah. so you can afford an Uber drive? Because yes. I can't do that anymore. And it's a little like it's a little enabling, right? Like enabling her sort of process of like, oh, Nick will do this for me because he mm-hmm. is my son. Like he'll he'll do this for me yeah. no matter what. And like that is so. I mean, one, not true, but also harmful. Because, like, yes, you, I'm sure, want to help her, but you also don't at the same time because your trauma brain is like, I don't want to be there. That's the last thing I want to do. Yeah, like, children don't owe their parents anything, but I especially feel like I don't owe them anything. Correct. But then sometimes I'm, like, guilty. I'm like, fuck, I I need to do this. So part of that is trauma. But for this little segment, what is that? Trauma Mm. or drama? I, like... I think it's... I think it's drama. You think it's drama, drama with a D? I think it's drama. I think it's drama. That's cr- I was going to say, I think it's trauma. Because I think you asked the question of like, if I was a, a son or a mother and a son relationship that didn't experience trauma, would you have done that? Like, I, I also true. don't know the answer. My little trauma brain is like, fuck no, you figure it out. I don't have fucking time for that. Well, right. But that's the thing. She can't. And it's like. But is that your problem? No, it's not. <sighs> and. I can't wait till we do our accountability <laughs> versus responsibility. Yes. Oh, it's going to be okay, so different. But- no, I, and I think I don't mean to challenge you in that way of like, is that your problem? Because I'm sure there are listeners that have really strong and powerful relationships with their parents that would say, of course, I'll take my mom to the dentist. Like, yeah, that's no problem. Yeah. But me, I'm like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, and when I do, nothing goes right. Uh-huh. It's the, like, it's a terrible experience. Mm-hmm. She's, Two hours late. Mm-hmm. The thing took extra time because she was late to her appointment. Yep. Like there's just the snowball effect. And she's going to be high it's, when she comes out from the appointment. It's going to be a whole oh ordeal. Like That's true. I didn't even think about that. I, I was. So then the part that was the best was she got someone else's son to take her and was like, oh, he's he's 17. He doesn't even have his license yet. I hope he doesn't wreck my car. And I'm like, I, yeah, good luck. Let me know what? if you need anything else. And she's like, yeah, hopefully we get there in one piece. And I'm like, stop That's a guilt trying trip. to. That is so Yeah, I know. Trauma. Like, I'm not even addressing it. Whoa. I'm just like, yeah, I love you. Have a great have a great surgery. Like, I don't know what to tell that's you. That's so gnarly. That is so gnarly. But glad that son's better than me. As a son, right? <laughs> I'm glad that's we. what you're trying to say. <laughs> I'm glad we talked about that because oof, that is it. There is. It's so interesting that for both of us, each little sort of interaction with our parents is a whole ordeal to analyze and to set boundaries for and to yeah. like process. And that's it's a lot of emotional it's not, labor. It's not a quick thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mom, I have to dedicate emotional time and energy to do that with you. Yeah. And a, less than a 12-hour notice is not enough time. Mm-hmm. I know. Like I literally was like, you need to let me know by midnight because mm-hmm. I'm going to bed and I'm not setting an alarm. Correct. So if you don't let me know what you want me to do, and, um, in one of these just... upcoming episodes, since it's the the fall, the spooky season, I would love to talk more about holiday prep. <laughs> I would yeah, love to talk more about holidays and what that what comes with that. But in the meantime, yeah, we have are more we ready stuff. to yeah. go into our main topic? Let's do it. So it's therapy styles today. So we we both know that we have a little bit different ideas of therapy styles, but our listeners don't. Right. And there's many different options out there. So if you have a different idea. Please write us mm-hmm. in on our Instagram. Yeah. Let us know because we are 
dying to hear more about mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. And so we wanted to start a little bit with like Nick and I both reflecting on what our therapy journeys have been, maybe sort of breaking down the stigma and our journeys and different things that have happened along the way. So, um, yeah, I'm not a pussy cause I went to therapy. Okay. I'm not, <laughs> it, it's so important to break down the stigmas. Like there's so many different, yeah. like cultural, gender, sexuality, different sorts of yeah. like avenues and stigmas, like, like in uh, each of those I'm identities. Weak. Right. I'm yeah. weak cause I'm not mentally strong, yeah. but I'm doing this to get mentally strong. Yes. And they're, I'm not mentally strong because someone took a baseball bat to my uh, psyche when I was eight. Uh-huh. Yes. Ah. And like there are so many different things I think that prevent people from, you know, looking for therapy or counseling. And we're going to talk about that towards the end. So I want to stick with our yeah, reflection yeah. first. Um, and so I think I can I can go first because I think mine's a little bit more straightforward and yours is a yeah, little bit more subjective. So I, I yeah. Um, what does that mean? I It's just we'll get into it, I guess. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Are we going to fight? It should be. I don't know. I, I don't know. Are you mad thing? at me? No. Oh my god. Okay. Sorry. I'm super hypervision. I know. You've been on one since we started. I love it. I wanted to talk to you about it, but we didn't have time. Oh. But we'll. okay. It's fine. It's fine. Move on. Okay. Moving on. Um, so I started going to therapy when I was 17, right after my mom's overdose, and I am now uh, 25. So I've been going to therapy for eight years which is insane to say. Um, I think I've mm-hmm. spent the last eight years of my life really developing um, my own emotional intelligence, but I've seen three different therapists throughout those eight years, um, all of which were trauma-informed, all of which were sex-positive. Like, I had a lot of therapy therapy conversations that were... What does sex-positive mean? So, um, sex-positive is creating an environment that doesn't shy away from sex that isn't focused on abstinence but that talks through different sort of sex empowerment encouragement talking gotcha. about pleasure talking about different partners talking about um lgbtq relationships talking about coming out like all those things are sex positive i also had some sex in mind that i want to i want to talk to you about cool. how we exchange it not right not right now though yeah Continue. I want to say the weirdest part of my therapy journey um, was kind of right there in the middle. I was about 21, and I went to the Hoffman Institute. Um, I was living with my um, grandparents. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, living with my grandparents at the time. I went to this place called Hoffman, and it was the strangest experience of my life. Um, if you are somebody who watches Hulu and you've seen Nine Perfect Strangers or heard of it, that is exactly what that therapy experience was like. I, like shared a room with a like 40 year old woman who was an artist um we did a lot of really gnarly sort of like I had to go through an exercise of burying my parents I had to go through an exercise of like taking a baseball bat and beating the fuck out of this person that they told me to be you know my mom Uh or whatever like really sketchy stuff um so I've been like (laughs) kind of breaking that down and rebuilding after that but um very very strange I love that I really wanted to do that yeah Go to a Hoffman Institute, you'd beat the fuck out of yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, it sounded really cool yeah. when you were telling me about it. Yeah, five years ago, or whatever. It just was a really unique experience at 21. I think all of the humans yeah. that were I shared that experience with were um, in their like early to late adulthood, had either children or grandchildren, had gone through di- no, divorces. No, I, I think you're right, and that's a really good point to bring mm-hmm. up. That uh, the reason I started going to counseling was because I didn't want to go in my third divorce. Mm. I knew I was fucked up. I knew I was going to be fucked up to my spouse. So it's funny that you were the youngest person there surrounded by all these other people who have kind of been like, oh man, my life, I am not okay. So it's kind of cool. And I hope 
and I think I get the vibe from other people in my social friend group that the counseling is kind of making it's it's really big right now, yeah. really popular among our age group. Yeah, and so I think that's all I want to say for now about my therapy journey, but I would love to hear more about how you started that sort of process yeah. for you. Yeah, I think I probably, I do owe it to my mom a little bit because my grandma died when I was uh, 11 mm-hmm. and she she brought me to counseling and was like, mm-hmm. hey, talk to someone else that's not me. And I was like, okay, cool. So that was like my first interaction mm-hmm. with it. And unfortunately, the our system's a little fucked up uh, because I was applying for the United States Coast Guard as an officer program. Mm-hmm. And they went through my medical background. And so, so I applied for that program when I was 19. And they found a note from that same counselor when I was 11 years old that said I have anxiety because of my grandma's death. Whoa. And they chalked it up to me being medically disqualified for having an adjustment syndrome. Basically, I couldn't adjust to stressful situations because of an 11-year-old kid saying, yeah, I'm really stressed about my grandma dying and I'm, I'm scared. Like, you know, and my counselor wrote down, he has anxiety. So no my way, counseling. No Nick. Yeah. Yeah. That's so Isn't that fucked. Insane? It's super fucked up, dude. Whoa, I have a hundred things to say about that. That's crazy. Well, well, so well. maybe I should have just not gone to counseling and mm. dealt with all those traumas and then grew up to be an alcoholic who beats my fucking wife. And Is that what you had want? Three divorces later and been like, maybe I need yep. help. <laughs> yeah, I fucked up all my kids and now I'm like, okay, now let's work on myself. Ah, um, ah. But yeah, so that was that was pretty frustrating, but so yeah, my first interaction with counseling was when I was 11, mm-hmm. and then I went throughout my college career with all my student counselors mm-hmm. and stuff, um, and they really helped me like understand that like my past is affecting my present, and I don't know it. Mm. So that basic understanding is what led me to find my amazing counselor, Claudia, who helped me through all my stuff. And we'll, we can talk about the ins and outs of that counseling. Yeah. But all those experiences is what kind of brought me to that. And you've seen Claudia this whole time? Yes. Uh, it's been, I saw her about six months before mm, COVID mm. happened. And I, I see her, I saw her twice a week right. for a month, once a week for a month, twice a month, and then once a month. And now I only call her if I'm having, like the issue I have, right. like, hey, Claudia. Because I think the goal of counseling, and please chime mm-hmm. in, is... I love, I will go to counseling forever. Some people are like, you go to counseling so you never have to go again. It's like, no, no, fuck that. (laughs) No. Um, They definitely gave me the tools so I could be successful without them. Mm. But I still have questions. So that's kind of where I'm at in counseling. And I want, before we move on, I also want to add that layer of um, you and Kayla have a counselor together, right? Yeah, we do. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, So anybody out there who's in a relationship, We went to pre-maritable. Marital. I think that's mar- mar- marital. Okay. <laughs> it's, just, God. it's just one T, marital. Fucking suck. What did I, maritable? <laughs> yeah. A-B-L-E at the end of <laughs> uh, Marital counseling, uh-huh. pre-marital counseling. And that was awesome. It was basically just discussing like, okay, how are we going to live together yeah. now that we're married? It's different. So now we discuss like different love languages or that balance in the house. Mm. And she was the one who was like, it's never, it's never equal, you mm. guys. So like, she's been awesome. And it's amazing having someone else tell my wife she's wrong. <laughs> because I, you know, you know, man, we can't do it. Even when we're right, we're wrong. And that's Kayla's least favorite thing to hear, so. Yeah, Oh, and that stems from her trauma. <laughs> yeah. But she mm-hmm. is, she does an amazing she job really does. at like apologizing yeah. because a lot of people just can't admit they're wrong. No, you both have done an incredible amount of work in like the 
I've had such an amazing opportunity to watch you both grow through your therapy journeys, grow together through those journeys, um, which is really, really exciting. But you're right. Kayla does a lot of great work and is definitely in a different place, which is really cool. Kayla, my wife. Yes, my best friend. Your best friend. (laughs) yeah, and so I think like we can dive we can dive into the differences between our our therapy styles and how it's kind of impacted us because I the current the current, the current ones the current, right yeah because yeah, yeah. I think in our one of our last episodes I talked about like why did why did my therapy in my young adulthood focus on survival um, and why did Nick's focus on power and why couldn't there have been more of an equal distribution I want to go first okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm so Sorry, excited Nick. <laughs> no 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 it's okay. Um, mine was focused on the unconscious. Mm. So what's happening? Like, why did I snap at Kayla, my wife? For no reason. Why did I say that? I wasn't even thinking that. It just happened. Mm. Nick, because there's trauma underneath. That is, that's what you're reacting to. You're not reacting to Kayla. You're reacting to your past trauma. Okay, cool. So to start, mine took a very medieval outlook on life. (laughs) It was surrounded by medieval uh, analogies. (laughs) I know. That's why I wanted to go first. I, I knew that, you'd Nick. love it. That is so cool. <laughs> that is so different than mine. Mine's going to be boring. Yeah. Mine was very dream oriented. So I was having I a remember. reoccurring nightmare. Whoa. Yeah. My reoccurring nightmare was that I was stuck in a battlefield and it was just me versus a whole other army. And of course I'm winning because I'm like fucking super skilled. And Kayla is out. She's not on that field. The field's surrounded by forest. Kayla's in the forest waiting for me to get there. Right. So I'm not shitting you. As I go through this process, the dream changes. Shut the fuck Kayla, up, Nick. Kayla's in the battle now. I'm winning. I'm winning. But now I'm underneath all of it. I'm stuck in all the dead bodies I just killed. Everybody I just slaughtered, right? The dragon I had to slay, which ended up being my father. I know. It's all <laughs> oh, medieval. That's so <laughs> I know. crazy. I don't know if it was the way my mind worked. Because I do like, I love analogies and stuff, but the medieval take on it, she was the one, my counselor, who'd give me books and they were all in the past of writers now writing about the past of how we were as men and how we've transformed and how that's alone caused this trauma. So besides the trauma from your own parents, I'm only speaking for men. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have a lot to say about women, but men have experienced a ton of trauma because of the society we live in now. So anyways, going back. As I went through my counseling progression, Kayla was reaching down to me and pulling me out of all those dead bodies. So I really, there was a little bit of emotional dependency on her Mm -hmm. because she was giving me that unconditional love I needed to go in her and work on myself. Mm -hmm. So I owe a lot of my success to her. And yeah, I mean, behind every successful man is a supportive wife. So shut up, Oh my God. Is that sexist? I don't know. I hate that so much. Move on. (laughs) I saw it on Instagram. Keep going. You're you're getting off track. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, so anyways, um, that was kind of where mine was heading. And mm. as the, my work progressed, the dream, Kayla and I are now in the forest together. Mm. There's no, I'm not fighting anybody. That's crazy. So all that stuff in my psyche was me fighting anxiety, depression, um, the voices I would play over and over again, my parents would tell me. Like, they'd keep me up in my I thought I had schizophrenia. Like, so. Wow. All that was defeated with Kayla wow. kind of always in the forefront. Like, I'm doing this for her doing this for her because uh, I want to be the best possible version of myself to be a good husband. And then was there a moment that you, I mean, it sounds like you did have some emotional dependency, like you said, like what was mm-hmm. the moment that you kind of realized that and then recalibrated? 
Um, it happened naturally, mm. which was really cool. That's Once cool. I came out of it and using the same analogy, I just basically didn't need her anymore. Mm. And I know that that sounds, and I, I, I don't now, I don't need her. Right. She makes my life so much better, but I don't need my wife, yeah. which is a weird, a, a weird thing because I do need my yeah. wife. I don't want to go through life without right. her, but my emotional happiness mm-hmm. is not dependent on her and that's that's the big difference absolutely and that's such a powerful thing to say i don't think it sounds bad but i think that maybe folks who haven't had a therapy journey would hear that and say whoa that sounds really bad like you shouldn't ever be with someone if you don't need them but like especially couples who are like bouncing from relationship 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 relationship. but for us like having a need is so like like tied to our our traumatic experiences and like being emotionally independent, financially independent, spiritually independent are the most important things I think for at least through my therapy experience for trauma survivors. Like that is such a big big component of it and I loved the way that you took your medieval journey to find that. That's so mm. fucking cool. I know, it's cool and I mean that's really at the heart of my counseling. Yeah. It's just what did like who are men now? Mm. What is that aspect that's in us that we, that society told the moms, the mothers to, hey, get this out of the boys. Mm. Like that's why they're like, oh yeah, it's okay that they're fighting their boys. Like there's still the boys like, will be boys okay. expectations. Boys will be boys, yes. and that's still like so a true problematic. Thing. No, absolutely, and I think I I really love your story as well because I think it takes um, a unique perspective to like what we understand as toxic masculinity of like men mm-hmm. and like men should be able to break down those emotional barriers should be able to go to therapy and work on that kind of stuff and can do it while still focusing on like fucking war <laughs> yeah it's so exactly. cool it's so interesting and i don't want to stereotype but i and i know i just did but like i know that works <laughs> for you and i know that's so like yeah. empowering and, and really really fucking and like cool. the only way yeah. i could connect with that was through war it's crazy and that that's is crazy really yeah yeah, I think I um, my therapy journey is obviously a lot different, but I think um, <laughs> the reason that mine is different is because I I didn't do any sort of subconscious work. Like I didn't. I think that was always so fascinating to me about your unconscious. Please, we don't like to use the word subconscious. Oh, I apologize. Please educate me. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I never <laughs> asked why. I just was like, okay, um, because the subconscious <sighs> acts like there's like. There's an underlying meaning, but the unconscious is uncontrollable. Oh, is it like the id, ego, and superego? I'm not sure. Okay. I, I haven't used, I haven't heard those yeah. words in regard to this, but we could do more research and figure it out. But basically, the main idea, the unconscious is its own living thing that we're all connected to. The subconscious oh. is something underneath that we only use 10% of our brain. Yeah. Like, okay. That we're not talking about that. I understand. It is not the id, ego, and superego. So, yeah. Okay. And I can, I will talk more about it because I do have some more stuff to say okay. in regards to that mm-hmm. going forward. But I want, I want to hear your journey. Mm, thank you. And your counseling now, like what it makes it up, yeah. what gets you out of the bed in the morning. Yes, yes, yes. Know. All that good stuff. Um, I think my, I think something for you to know, and I like, I wanted to talk about big moments in therapy later, but I think some of my big moments inform my now therapy sort of strategies mm-hmm. or styles. Um, but, so, so differently. I did not focus on the unconscious. I said that right, right? I did yep. not focus on the unconscious because uh, when I was in graduate school, I was diagnosed with PTSD and dissociation. So I have a lot of trouble remembering anything. Like I do a lot of shutting down. I do a lot of like stepping. You do have 
Your short memory. Yeah. Oh no, your long term memory is shit. Is shit. Your short term memory is good. Yeah, though, my working like. memory is like is really on, but my long term memory is really hard for me to access because my like the way that dissociation works in the brain is that my um my amygdala is the part of the brain that regulates emotions. It um, helps with trauma responses, but my amygdala is like playing defense to my hippocampus, and it's saying like don't let like think about the um, the inside out movie right so my say like there's you know there's joy sadness anger all the little Uh, emotions picture like one little trauma guy like i would love to draw my little trauma guy but my my little trauma guy sits in the the like control center and like throws all of the memory balls like against the wall and says they shall not pass they don't go to long term like this doesn't work kaylee's too like traumatized to remember any of this so my little trauma guy protects me um and doesn't let it go to long term but it really impacts the way that i can remember my life um that's incredible yeah it's pretty gnarly so we've had a lot of conversations about that um and so right now a lot of my i feel like you're the you are the spider-man meme (laughs) the pointing I'm pointing at you, and then that Spider-Man's pointing at you, yes. and that Spider-Man's pointing at me. It's like, what the fuck's going on? Who the in my fuck is head? who? Like, what, what are <laughs> we talking about? But it's really crazy because my, um, like, if Kayla, my best friend, your wife, will bring up my something wife, yep. and be like, "Remember when we did this?" I'm like, "Oh fuck, yeah." Or she'll have to be like, yeah. "I know you don't remember, so let me walk you through what day it was, what season it was, what it smelled like that day, yeah. what you were wearing." Like her long term, her long term is so on point. Um, so we balance each other out in that way, but. Anyways, because of that, my current therapy style, it's called CBT. So it's cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, And so it's reprocessing um, cognitive thought patterns and like recreating new behavioral patterns based on your new cognitive thought patterns. So remember in the episode when we talked about different pathways or different roads? Yeah. Yeah. uh So my, my therapy basically creates a new pathway for my memory balls to get to long term. Oh, shit. Yeah. So it goes around my trauma guy. We say, fuck that guy. Oh, that sounds so much nicer than what I did. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I like, but I, I think the difference is, yes, it helps me on my day to day. Yes, I can like kind of reimagine my thought patterns, reimagine my behavioral patterns. But I still cry when I think of little me, you know, and you got to do okay. that work. I, I haven't done that work uh-huh. yet. Like I, I can't quite get there yet. So the, the unfortunate part... Her. The unfortunate part about that is that my memory, I remember everything. Mm. That was my problem. I th- i didn't actually think I had schizophrenia, but the voices I was hearing was all the pa- mm-hmm. all the memories. Mm-hmm. I remembered everything. Yeah. So I had to sort through all that and be like, okay, yeah, bad. Wow. Oh, that was okay. Bad. Yeah. That was a bad. Yeah. And then, so little Nick was, it was a long, it was like a year long process of going down into my darkest memories, memories I didn't remember I had. Jeez. But- my unconscious said, here you go, in a dream. Here, work on this. Yikes. This is the problem. Yikes. Oh, wow, I forgot about that. Hey, counselor, can we talk about this? There it is, Nick. That's it. And we'll talk about the big moment. Yeah. But and my little my going. little trauma guy just took a fucking baseball bat to everything in the room and was like, rah, nothing yeah. exists. Yeah, you don't need, you don't need no. this. You don't need no. this. So you have all the negative aspects of trauma, mm-hmm. but none of the positive growing experiences from those past memories. From those past not, memories, not that, yes. Not that um, you haven't made any progress. Yes. You're an amazing woman. Thank you. I'm not taking anything away from you. Thank you, Nick. But if you do lack the memory, you mm-hmm. you can't have one without the other. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. I think um, that's been a lot of my therapy has been like, 
Um, I did a lot of narrative therapy when I was in grad school. So my therapist, my therapist made me, and I love Irene. Like we had a lot of big moments, but shout out Irene. It fucking, I hated it. I hated it because it was so hard because I had to tell my trauma guy, get out of the way. I have to access some of these memories. Like I have to. And so he and I fought, um, but she would make me write. Why is your, why is your little Kaylee a guy? He's my, I don't know. I don't know why. (laughs) It's my inner boy. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> you, we all have. Your inner your inner child is a boy. Yeah, he probably is. <laughs> Aw, that makes me happy. Mm. Yeah, um, that's good. Yes. Connect with Thank him. Thank you, I will. Love I don't him. know why. Yeah, he is a boy, but he is. And so um, I had to write down like frames of memories that I have. So like I would write down on this day, I remember going to this, I remember doing this, and I would like write lines or breaks in the story when I started to get emotional or when I started to feel something overwhelming and or when I found myself dissociating or shutting down or like stepping away. So it forced me to remember that in a really real way. And then I would have to go into therapy and read what I wrote out loud. Yeah. Yeah. And how was that? Fucking awful. I hated it. I cried every time. It was really hard. Um, But it helped me like fix that road or like repave that pathway. Um, Absolutely. And so I got to remember, I shouldn't say I got to, I had the opportunity to remember and heal from things that I hadn't been able to remember or heal from before. So a lot of, a lot of my sexual trauma, a lot of my um, early, early childhood traumas. So, but it, it took so much work just to remember those experiences because my, my brain did such a good job of saying they shall not pass and then I let them pass and it was really hard but um it it gave me all my big moments which is really cool so that is really cool and then so that that's different from your counseling now because you no longer do that you're saying "Eh, those are too far gone Mm -hmm. let's just go around them and get back to the point and so I'm sure you'll have just as much of a successful mm, you know story once thank you, you once you get there yeah and it's definitely still so that's another thing I was going to add is it's definitely still a work in progress and I am I know that I will be the type of person that needs therapy for the rest of my life and I don't think there's mm-hmm. anything wrong with that it took me a long time to get to that revelation um, but I've seen my current therapist her name is Stacy I've seen Stacy once a week for almost a year like wow. consistently and continuously. Um, and when I go a week or two weeks without that, I'm like, ah. Um, but with the reason I think I know that I'm going to need continuous therapy is because I am a, a counselor. I am a helper. I am somebody who um, yeah. I, my job is to put other people's needs before mine in certain situations. Right. Yeah. And so I have to have intentional time to put my own needs first or I will crumble. <laughs> and I have Absolutely. before. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Been there. Yeah. Haven't we all been there to witness you crumble? Oh, ouch! Thanks, Nick. I thought oh, yeah. I thought we were like, relating on something. <laughs> so no, crazy. no empathy there. No empathy ah, from me. Scary. Thank you. Just kidding. Uh, thank you, Nick. Um, no, I, th- I think it's a great place to go mm. into like one last uh, a big moment. Yeah. I'll, you want to move into big Let's moments? Let's do big moments. That sounds cool. Okay. Um, I kind of had I want to say two, mm. and they around they're around religion, mm. and then around the inner child. So crazy. Um. I think that's where I want to take it. Mm. Why don't you go first okay. and so I can kind of think about it. Yeah, my big moments, I think I have I think I have 3 big moments and they all happened in, with different therapists. Um okay. yeah, so my first really big moment with my first therapist um when I was 17 up until I was like 20ish. 
um, was making the decision to end my relationship with my parents. Um, so mm. that was a really, really hard part of my early life was like, I was still dependent in a lot of ways on my parents. I still had, they had control over me with like guilt and shame. Um, and it like, I remember sitting in her office and her walking me through like blocking my parents on my, on my cell phone, um, yeah. on like setting that boundary. And it was really, really, really hard. Um, and then, my, ne- my next big moment when I was in grad school, I guess there are two, but like like I said, realizing and, you know, starting to manage some of my sexual trauma. Um, yeah. But then coming out, like. Yeah, coming, that's a huge coming moment. Coming out was fucking huge. Like, I remember. Is that why your inner child is a boy? Maybe. Who knows? That's exciting know. to explore. I'm going to have to yeah. talk to my current therapist about that. But um, yeah, I like, I remember having some coming out moments and being like, oh yeah, like I am pretty attracted to women. Like I only watch women on women porn i like have romantic feelings for a friend of mine i like am starting to get really confused i don't know what this means and um but like talk to her about how like i've always kind of felt that way but just kind of ignored it or i was focused on surviving so i didn't have time to think about my sexuality exactly um i just needed somebody to keep me safe and so coming out was a really big moment really exciting sort of like process um yeah. And then my big moments now, I haven't quite reached them yet, I don't think, but they revolve around like independence, self-worth, self-esteem, um, yeah. making better boundary choices. I think, you know, we talked a lot about how in my relationship with Johnny, um, it like in other situations or in, or in other relationships, it might have taken me three or four years to end that relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, so getting to that point where I can set better boundaries, clearer boundaries and like actually stick to them. And that's all rooted for me in like self-worth, self-esteem, stuff like that. So those are my my big moments. I wasn't there, of course. And I I just hope that you were you owed it to yourself to continue to press those Mm -hmm. boundaries. Like, hey, I still want this. Hey, I still want this. So again, I wasn't there. I don't know. But I, I hope. For your sake, that that is what happened. Yeah, thank you. Because um, you owe it to yourself. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Is that all your big moments? Because those were amazing. Thank you. I think they are, and I think if I think of any, I will circle back. But I'm ready for you yeah. to share your big moments. I'm excited about yours yeah. as well. Thanks. Yeah. No, yours were great. I'm really happy for you. I'm really proud of thank you. Thank you, Nick. That's really nice. Yeah. So yeah, I had three. So my first one was religion. So I was not religious growing up. Mm. I'm not religious now. Um, I do believe in God. And again, this podcast isn't religious or political, Correct. so I'm not going to dive into those weeds. But in regards to my therapy and religion, my counselor proposed what we did with the unconscious work is the unconscious is I can connect with it without doing this, but other people cannot. Mm. So they go to church to connect with a higher power. Mm. So God, um, the father, the Holy Spirit and the, you know, the mother, they, they forgot the inner child, actually. But otherwise, they got every other part of the psyche right so that's what I'm doing. The father in my own head, the higher power in my own head, the mother in my own head, the inner child in my own mm. head. So that we have a bunch of those different psyches within us. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm just reflecting on how interesting it is that there is that sort of relationship between Christianity and the yeah. psyche. And I wonder, I, my like psychology brain is just trying to remember, is there like how much of that is rooted in science? I want to learn more. Yeah. yeah. So... My understanding of it was that 
I, I don't have to go to church because I can sit here in my room and meditate and connect with all of those psyches. Mm. Most people don't have the tools or the knowledge to do it on their own. So they go to church and they pray and they are listening to a priest yeah, discuss, here's religion, here's the, you know, connect with this, Whoa. this. They're connecting with a higher power. I'm connected with that higher power in my own head. So some people are like, you've said, Nick, you're so lucky. Why are you so lucky? Why do things just work out? Huh. My theory is I have that little barrier that's missing in my head that allows me to connect with the unconscious. And you're connected with the unconscious. Kayla is. Everybody is. They just don't really understand it to the fullest potential. I, I mean, I agree. Like, I I, um, I hear what you're saying, and I absolutely believe that you feel that that is true. And like, I may not agree with it. I may not believe yeah, it. I no, may not, I I may not believe in it as well, but that doesn't make it less true for you or less no, real. Exactly. And, like, and if it's working for you, then fuck yeah, more power to you. The reason, yeah. the reason it clicked was because I have two other people in my life. My sister is one of them mm. who went through this pretty similar trauma I did. Mm. She was a mess until she found religion. That's crazy. And she was able to work on herself and use the religion yeah. to make herself better. And then I had another friend I don't want to name her, but she also used religion. Mm. She was, we went on a long trip together. Mm. We didn't talk to her after because it was a terrible experience. And then she found religion and she's a different person. Wow. And it's just like, I made that journey without religion, mm. but it's interesting to see the parallels. It's, um, it's even more n- interesting. I apologize to interrupt Nick, but I wanted to just no, add no, no. quickly. It's more interesting. Yeah, I think please. that both of our younger si- sisters found religion. Yeah. And we I, I didn't. Think it is re- interesting. Yeah, I know. I did in a different did in a way different though. Way. I, like, I apologize. Made, yes. made my own. I didn't. I should speak for myself. You didn't. I apologize. You didn't. But again, I did not go to church. Yeah. I didn't do yeah. this through religion. Yeah. I've just noticed a parallel. Interesting. Um, and then the inner child. Mm. That was a huge one for me because I didn't understand because my my mother's happiness was my responsibility. Mm. So who's responsible for my happiness? Right. Yeah, ding ding. It's me. Mm. We are responsible for our own happiness, and that um, the anxiety you feel. When you feel like someone just betrayed you and you're really stressed, you're having an emotional breakdown, um, any sort of those panics is your inner child. So Mm. I learned that when I have those emotions, to literally picture him in my head, calm him down, touch him. Hey, I love you. Hey, don't worry. I got Mm. this. You're the kid. Mm. You don't have to. You don't have to be responsible for this. I'm the adult. I love you. Inner inner child, little Nick. I love you. But chill out. Chill the fuck out. Because you're freaking out right now and you're causing me anxiety. Wow. And I swear to you, if you can do it, it'll be a little emotional. I suggest doing it with a counselor yeah. this is the first time. Um, yeah. Uh, and then lastly, my king complex. Oh, gee. I knew I was hoping you that, were going to talk how did you about know? that because yeah. as you're like rocking back and forth, I can tell when you get really excited that you're going to talk about yeah. how. Thanks. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> No, no, no. I know. I know. Yeah. I, I said medieval. I, I, knew, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I'm glad it's here. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, just I didn't know what I wanted until I made it through this counseling journey. And now I know what I want. Mm-hmm. I have the means to get what I want. And I go after what I want. And I get what I want. I, again, want to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's just like being connected with that higher power has given me mm-hmm. a greater purpose in my own self and like in my own home. Like, Kayla's mentioned it too. Like, she's like, you're really like straightforward. Like when you want something, Mm. it's like, well, is that a bad thing? She's like, well, it was a little rude. I was like, what was rude about it? Oh, I don't know. Well, all I did was tell you what Mm. I want and how I want it. I don't understand the problem. Mm. You don't have, you you don't, you know, you don't have to do it right the second, but like, 
It's not yeah. your responsibility to guess what I want. Right. Okay. Right. It's my job to tell you. Yeah. What's the problem here? It was it was so new. Like that part of me was so new mm. to her. She took it. She took it like I was being an asshole. Right. I was like, I'm not. I'm not being an asshole. You know. So that was those were my big. Yeah. My big three. And I think oh, I I really I really appreciate you sharing and and like I'm happy that you've reached all these really big moments and can be more authentically you and like be more like speak out more for what you want or what you need. And I think I, my social brain keeps saying like, yes. And there is like so many privileges that lie in like you as a white man being able to say, this is what I want and this is what I need. And this, and then getting it and getting it. Um, because I think there's differences in like me or like another person having, being able to say those things and actually getting what they want. So the journey might feel a little different. There's a, a physical aspect to that mm-hmm. and then like a spiritual aspect. Yes. So spiritually, like, okay, like what does Nick want? Yeah. It's time for Nick. Yeah. I left my career where I was yes. serving others to have my life the way I right. wanted it. I have I get to create a home and a family yeah. the way I want it. Absolutely. So those are differences. But yeah, going out, yeah. getting a job yeah. I want, buying a piece of property, yes. you know, those yes. are definitely privileges. And I think what I was going to say is like, it sounds like the work, especially the like, social emotional work is mostly internal and it doesn't harm mm-hmm. anybody. It lifts you up. It's something maybe you and Kayla exactly. have to work through. And I think that's fucking badass. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's awesome. And uh, I love this. We could talk about it forever, but we do have to move on okay. to our solution and aspect of about this it. topic. So uh, you can go first. Yeah. So I think um, we wanted to close this main topic with some solutions. I think that worked really well in one of our last uh, episodes mm-hmm. and Um, I think a lot of feedback that I've gotten through the podcast is listeners um, that are near and dear to my heart having to really break down this like, I do want to go to therapy. I do. Uh, I am interested in counseling. I don't know where to start. I don't know how to get it started. It feels vulnerable. Um, And so I think I want to offer some solutions as like where to start. Um, I I, I remember starting in my therapy process with someone giving me a little extra push somebody giving me the little extra like kaylee you have to do this like you are unhappy i see that you're unhappy like i'm going to be here for you every step of the way let's do this together um so i think my suggestion or my solution is if you can find somebody that can kind of hold your hand through the process just to get started then i think it'll help that sort of adjustment and um yeah i I did also have that emotional dependency on kayla for a little bit while i was going through Mm -hmm. it so yeah, I agree with that solution. But I think the difference in solution is like you shouldn't ever do it for anybody else but you. I think there's a fine right, yeah. there's a fine line between my partner is telling me I need to go to therapy, I want to go to therapy versus I'm feeling unhappy, I think I want to address it. I don't know, mm-hmm. therapy sounds like it might not be for me or like there's a lot of stigma around it. I don't want to be seen as weak. And then you have a, a, a friend, a support system, a human that can be like, no, I think that could be cool. Like, do you want me to help you? Like, let's go, let's get through this together. Um, because your, I think if your motives are not internal, you're, you're going to get lost. I think you could get lost. I think, so I... There was a couple times in our relationship or my relationship with Kayla, my wife, where she was like, if you don't go get help, dude, fuck Mm. you. Like, you are not okay. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. Mm. And I guess I, yeah, okay, I could see that. Yeah, I don't know why I talked to you like that. And then I go to counseling Mm. and then I have this amazing, like, boom, wow. 
yeah, I don't want to do this in my yeah, I don't have you know, to be so. an asshole. Yes, I don't have to do yeah, these things. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and I think um, something I heard as well from the some of our listeners is like there's a lot of there's a big stigma around going to counseling or going to therapy um, as a person of color or as um, a man or as somebody. I think like it is unfortunate there is a, that there is a big stigma around therapy that it is for women and specifically I think for white mm-hmm. women. Um, so wanting to break down some of those stigmas and like well, it's hard. name them yeah, first. Rose wasn't yeah. chilled and Excuse me? You agreed with me? Ex- I didn't yeah. hear you. Oh, got him. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. I did. got it took me so long to process that. Excuse me? Um, I, I, I had a conversation with one of my students just the other day about that where she was like, I don't relate to any of my peers' problems. Like, I really need therapy. I need help. I need counseling. And, like, my friends are like, I can't book the house I want to go to in Aspen this weekend. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's like, well, that's really different, really different oh, issues man. versus, like, I can't pay for school and I need help. No, um, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's a difference. Yeah. So Okay, we got to wrap this topic up. Wrapping it up. Do you have any solutions? Just honesty. Mm, if you do, if you find really yourself good, in Nick. the counselor's chair, just be honest. It's really good. They don't judge. You know, if you're going to cause harm to someone else, you know, prepare to go to jail. But yeah. Otherwise, be honest yeah. because it's really important for success. Okay. Going to our surprise topic. <laughs> okay. Do you have anything else you want to add before? No. no I do, okay. but I want to move on. I know. We have okay. to move on. Uh, if you have any other questions, though, we can specifically yes. address them in our next episode. Yes. Um, Yes, our surprise topic today was written in by a listener. Mm. Um, We got to make it quick, unfortunately, so maybe we'll make it a two-part. Work-life balance and its impact on your relationships. Ah, ah, me. Ah. Ah. That is still something I manage every single day. Like, I have zero work-life balance. My my work is my life. My life is my work. Um, And I need to get better at balancing that and, like, finding things outside of work um, that are meaningful or, like, impactful to me. but I think something that I would like recommend or a solution that I found most recently was working with my therapist to, de- to define what my values are outside of work. And that is like a really good foundation for like, yeah. what do I enjoy? How can I find more balance? Like, do I enjoy art and creativity? Do I enjoy friendships and relationships? Do I enjoy um, like fun and adventure? And how can I cultivate yeah, that yeah. to have more of a balance both in and out of work? Exactly. I like mm-hmm. that. You kind of took that as your relationship with yourself yeah. is what I saw. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's good. I'll do it relationship with someone else since I am married. Yeah. Um, so I work nights. My wife works days. Mm. I see her. I, we have like one night out of the week where I, I'm not working. She's not doing anything. So it is really challenging. Um, so I guess just, I mean, communication, mm. you have to set plans. Um, again, it really helps also like if your cup, like you need your cup filled mm. by your by your um, significant other, mm-hmm. it's not the cup that makes you like feel loved or happy. Yeah. Like with yourself, right? There is a difference, yeah. and we're assuming you've gone to counseling, you're working on yourself, you are happy with who mm. you are. You don't need someone else making you happy. Yes, but there is a difference between, hey, babe, I need this from you. Yeah. Like, can we have a dance session tonight? Mm. Like, I really want to feel close to you. You know, just something like that. Yeah. But it's got to be scheduled and give them time. If I want a dance party tonight with my wife, like text her today mm-hmm. at 11 a.m. Hey, can you carve out five minutes for me tonight? I want to like dance to you with the song we danced to on our wedding mm. night. Like just, just something, just a little like that yeah. to fill up each other's cup and hold each other over because it will pass yeah. and there will be time for each other. I, I love that. And I think we said a lot of similar things in different ways. And what I heard yeah. us both say was like, identify what fills up your cup. And it cannot yeah. be all work. 
<laughs> and it can't yeah. be all play. Like, I think that that nope. is a really good thing to say, too, is like, I struggle with um, people that are all play. Like, I need to have a balance and I need to, I need to see what fills up my cup and then like figure out a way to cultivate that. So, yeah. Eight hours a day working, eight hours a day doing what you love, mm. eight hours a day sleeping. Crazy. It's a really good try to do that. But, that, you know, it doesn't count commute time. Yeah. It doesn't count the chores you have Who to do. You know, but eight hours. It's still. Cool. I know, I'm lucky but, if I get one. And how good does that one hour feel? Fucking amazing. I look forward to it every yeah, day. Yeah, imagine, imagine how awesome your life would be if you could do two hours That's a day. That's crazy. That's cra- I can't. That's Make it a priority. Oh, my God. Ah. <laughs> oh, that was a great it show. It was. I'm so I grateful it, for you, Nick. So proud of yeah. you as well. And this was such a good episode. Thank you. Yeah. That was a really good yeah. episode. Um, I love you. Love you too. Follow us at Trauma Drama Podcast on Instagram and TikTok to see show updates, video highlights, and much more. And DM us for topic suggestions, corrections, worries, concerns, or love and hate. We upload episodes every Monday and Friday. Tune in for more. Thank you.